This is the old digs, man. I actually have the new studio at the gym. I'm about 75% moved into making my table right now. You're making a table? Well, I mean, I'm involved in making the table. Are you? Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to help my dad do the welding and stuff on it tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, and then Josh McMillan, like, hey, buddy. It's good to see you. You can see me? I can see you. Because I certainly can't see anything. Can you see me? Oh, hey, there we go. Nice. Look at that. Oh. Hey, I like your background. I made it just for this. Yeah. Is that like a headboard? What is that? You know, don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, We started doing these like update videos for uh, like some challenges, like push-up challenges and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pyramid Fitness kickboxing page. So we needed a backdrop. So these are some leftover boards from a project for the kids' playroom. Nice. They're literally propped up there. So like, I don't know if you can see like that little thing right there. Yeah. Whatever that is made to clip on to whatever that you screw like a light bulb in. And we're using it just to hold two boards together. Like if a, if wind, if wind hit that wrong, it's falling. Oh I'm, man. So if any person was looking at that, like if some code enforcement guy came in here, he'd be like, I'm chaining the doors. No one is. Yeah. You got, you guys are strict around there too. I remember um, when you built that wall uh, at your last location, I think it was, you were telling me uh, yeah, some of the stuff you had to go through. Well, a stupid wall at this place too. I don't know why. It seems like every time we move somewhere, I'm like, you know what? It works, but let's just change everything. I've, I've been there myself about four times. I, I think you've probably been a similar number. Yeah, you've got a lot more experience than I do. Hey, guys, if y'all want to, y'all can go work. And not be sitting five feet away from me. That'd be wonderful. Love you all. <laughs> Love you, Brian. Hey, what's up, Joe? Joe loves you. Joe loves you. I need to have Joe on the podcast do an MMA episode. You did? I said I do. I need to hit him up. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, you know, I mean, if you want, I mean, he's not really, it's not really a big deal. Yet, you know? So you got to get him early. He's, he could be famous in the future. It's like you got to get him for the possibility of him becoming famous. It's an investment. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, man, he has been doing awesome. Uh, it, you, you guys have been doing, I think, a great job bringing him up. Do you guys do like an MMA class? Like I was saying about this the other day, because um, Joe is like I've seen him fight. He does great. It's, he's he's fighting a region where I feel like there's a lot of competition. Those V three fights are legit. Uh, yeah. But like, how are you guys training for MMA up there? So it's weird. Like we're not really an MMA school. Like I have had like have a lot of guys fighting or training for MMA. So it's really, um, I've got a few guys that like are kind of interested, 
but they're like vaguely interested. Like if all the stars aligned, they might do it, mm-hmm. but they just kind of enjoy training. Uh, but they don't necessarily enjoy training MMA. They kind of in, they enjoy Muay Thai and they enjoy jiu-jitsu. But I've got a lot of guys that are like serious competitors for jiu-jitsu. So that's kind of like the focus. I would say our gym kind of focused on competitive, like getting out there a lot, competing a lot in jiu-jitsu and just like trying to get better. And then we have a pretty strong Muay Thai program, but not a big crossover. Not like most of the Muay Thai guys are Muay Thai guys. And like most of the jiu-jitsu people are like jiu-jitsu people. There's a, you know, there's maybe like five or six guys that like do both. It's kind of cool. You know, it's fun. It keeps it, you know, um, it keeps me like mentally there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is in two groups of people that are super into their own individual things, you know? So. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of like where we're at, man. It's like I've had people fight, but it's, um, <sighs> On the new schedule, which we were about to start before we closed down, um, we were going to have a through-the-week MMA class after jiu-jitsu. Uh, and I got a few guys that are interested, but it's, it's like, not the predominant culture. And we've really tried to, like, stick with it, too, and have had, uh, you know, have, have put energy into it over the years. But it's just, like, it's kind of like it's, it's declined in popularity or I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know if, like, it's hard to, like, talk about without sounding kind of bad, I guess. I don't want it to sound bad, and I don't mean it in a bad way. But the jiu-jitsu and training, like, jiu-jitsu specifically and Muay Thai specifically attracts the people I, I really want at the gym, attracts the right kind of people, and helps really with the atmosphere of the gym, you know? And MMA just, I don't think always attracts the right atmosphere. Uh, I don't really know how to say that, but you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how else to put that. Daniel O'Brien on the podcast the other day goes, he's had like three pro MMA fights and he's a Pan American champion at Brown Belt and like legit jiu-jitsu guy. And he's yeah. like, dude, every time I fought MMA, I felt like I was on the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> dude, it's like that, man. Because you get, you know, I don't know, you just get such high-strung people, and then you put them all, like, in this tiny back room for them to all mingle. And then there's fights or, like, yelling matches, like, in the background of the show. And then it's like, dude, I spend, you know, every night of the week – Gym with these guys i kind of want to spend saturday night at home with my kids like if i'm going to get out on a saturday night to go to a fight or something like that it's a lot less enjoyable than it used to be and i don't know if that's just kind of like because of the current stage in life i'm at or or what but like i don't even get that excited about watching mma for the most part like i get excited about watching like certain fighters but if it's just like, hey, do you want to just watch some random fights? I'm going like, ah, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird because I'm I'm into it. I can train it. 
every day of my life and be happy. But I don't know. I'm more like I didn't enjoy watching. I just don't like enjoy watching sports. Like I watch it just enough to get like um, excited to do it. I don't get excited to watch more. I get excited to like go do it. And if I can't go do it, it's not fun. Uh, interesting yeah i mean i'm kind of the same way man honestly like that's that's why i was gonna bring it up i know you have a big background or you've had a lot of fights rather uh an amateur and i know you've you've produced a couple of guys and i was with you that time you got in trouble for coaching too loudly at the mma <laughs> fights in hot springs i remember oh my gosh that was crazy right I've never, I've never seen anything like that. We're going to need you to calm down on coaching your guy to not get injured, okay? I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to do what you asked me to do. Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't change anything. I'm pretty sure I just kept doing the same thing the whole time. I remember looking at her. Her name, I believe that lady's name was Lydia. And I was like, he's not allowed to coach his guy. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that she had said that. <laughs> <laughs> that was so crazy i do i remember that whole experience and i think it's experiences like that that have kind of like ugh, just made me for sure less excited about mma and don't get me wrong dude i think like joseph i love joseph and if we had guys more guys like him that were like man i really want to do mma i would be um i'd be a lot more inclined to push it as far as like an aspect of the gym, but Joe's kind of like a special character. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot of guys that are just like him. For one, I just love him as a brother. Like he's a cool guy. You know what I mean? He's just a close friend of mine now at this point. So I do anything, for him. but you know, just, um, just guys like that just don't come along every day. You get a lot of people that just, they want to fight because like, Oh yeah, I just want to fight. I just want to get out there. I just want to fight. And I'm like, I'm not really interested to train someone who just wants to fight. You know, I'm interested in training somebody that's like, you know what? I just really want to see what the potential is. I just want to push it. I want to test myself. Like, I get that. That's cool. But to just want to fight, I just, you know, you got to have the right reasons um, or else you're going to hurt training partners. You're not going to be fun to deal with when a training session goes wrong or not even goes wrong. or it's just a bad training session. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're off your game and then now you're, and then when you're off your game, you're, you're, you're pissed off and you're not fun to be around. And man, the gym's not just for one person. It's not just for the guys that are supposed fighters. You know, I'm just as interested in helping. Like we got a guy named Paul who's awesome dude. 40. He's a professor. Uh, he's a college professor. Uh, Sounds like a cool dude. He is a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just as – I'm legitimately just as passionate and interested in helping him get his jiu-jitsu better as I am helping this guy go win his next amateur fight, you know? And, you know, and, and to a small degree, I get more excited about, like, Paul doing well in some instances just because, you know, I see a guy who's, who's married, he's got kids, he, you know, he's – work in this he's not an 18 year old kid with nothing else to do training you know what I mean he's but it's important he's making it a part of his life and and it's helping you know it's giving him an outlet a physical outlet a mental outlet 
and that's fun for me, you know, and he's stupid good. I mean, he's got a crazy guard, you know what I mean? But, you know, guys like him, we got a dude named Neil, who's just a solid dude. And none of them are like, oh, I want to be world champions. They're both like in their 40s. Yeah, those are guys. I feel like I relate more with those guys. Yeah, like our one of our guys. So we got two black belts um, up to be promoted here pretty soon, and one of them is about to be fifty years old. He's been training with me for cool, man. like almost twelve years. Like he's trained with me since I first moved to Russellville, and he was one of my history professors uh, when I was coming up. So it's been awesome to be a part of that dude's journey and to watch him go from. 39 years old when he started training to 50 that's or 38 or however old he was that, that's awesome to be a part of man it's cool we uh we just promoted our first black belt i saw that man congrats congrats i thought about having uh him on the podcast just because man i love talking to that dude yeah he's a cool dude man um you know and i wasn't part of his journey from the beginning you know uh he started training with me purple belt that's when I, I met him at your gym, I believe, at the Jack, Jack Toffer seminar at your um, kind of kind of that industrial type location you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, he's kind of one of those dudes. He's he's a funny guy. He's hilarious. Um, and his jujitsu, he's like the definition of serious hobbyist. You know what I mean? Like he's not thinking about competition all the time. He's not you know, but he's every single day pretty much here at the gym training and looking up like, hey, man, how could I incorporate this in my game? How could I incorporate this in my game? You know, he's an engineer, so he travels for work. And every time, like he did one with Chris Howder, he did a private lesson with him when he was out nice. in California. So, I mean, like jiu-jitsu is obviously super important and he's been consistent his whole, uh, I don't know how long he's been trained, 12 years, maybe 13 years, mm-hmm. something He's been consistent that whole time training, but it's not always at the same place. So he started training with me at Purple, and he cross-trained a lot up until Brown, mid-Brown, and pretty much just with me from, you know, Brown to Black. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, solid jiu-jitsu. He's got a ton of but really, um, he's got a ton of But I am... I mean, I got to be one of the guys, you know, to wrap a black belt around somebody in jujitsu. It's one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know if I've seen. Have I seen you since you got your first degree? Mm, I um, I don't think so. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute, man. It was that October, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, congrats. <laughs> that's Thank awesome you. um yeah i um my jiu-jitsu is better no i'm just kidding <laughs> it's the powers they come with the promotion what the powers just come with the promotion every time yeah if i don't wear that belt i'm just like Ugh. Didn't, you, didn't you like use your brown belt to like tow someone one time or something you <laughs> like a crazy story about that dude i did so <laughs> uh, i was helping a friend um move this antique car trying to restore and the straps he had i had i don't want to blame him the straps we had we'll just we're not uh let's just say made to tow a car 
and it was on a uh, not tow but to strap down because it was on a trailer and man we got off the interstate uh so we were coming up this off ramp this on yeah this off ramp and we took left and we were going across the top of the interstate so the interstate's going this way and it was kind of coming across the top and then we hear this loud like <clears throat> We're like what and we look back and the straps had broken and we put like eight eight tie downs on this thing and it was so heavy I and mean, this is like a i don't know what yeah i think it's like a 50 40s 50 something cars so it's like big bulky and heavy and uh it just kind of rolled off the back of the trailer so i stopped and then it just kind of rolled and hit the back of the trailer we were we were strapped out we didn't have anything else so i'm looking at my truck going like what do i have we could, you know, pull this thing to where it's not on the street. Literally, the only thing in my truck was my jiu-jitsu belt. So I was like, whatever, I mean, if it rips, I'll just buy another belt. I mean, you know, we can't leave this car here in the middle of the street. So I, just, I wrapped it around the front and, dude, towed it fine. Did a lot better than those tow straps did. <laughs> That's funny, man. Crazy, man. It was cool. Never know when you'll need your jiu-jitsu belt. To, I mean, I choked somebody with mine, like, one of the last times I rolled in class oh for real I just took it off it was off and it was man it was like my best friend started training with me like two years ago um he's like up for his blue belt and so like it's it's awesome getting to roll with him like we've known each other since uh forever we played soccer when we were like eight years old so um you know that's the type of person i would choke with my belt i wouldn't do it to everybody i wouldn't do it to you i mean you could you know, I would expect you to do it too. But now I feel like we're not as good of friends. Maybe if we were better friends, you'd choke me with your belt. No, see, it, it's it's like a hierarchy. You have to choke me with your belt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, dude, I don't even think I've rolled with you in. It's been a minute. It's been forever. A minute. Yeah, probably one of the last Little Rock uh, times. Uh, but that's been probably what eighteen plus months. We we need to make it happen for sure. Dude, I'll tell you that, um, man, that stuff you taught, uh, those sweeps that you taught at that kickboxing camp last year, like that sauce and stuff for, for uh, tie boxing. I've gotten uh, mileage out of that, man. I, I wasn't really good at the foot prop, even though it's like the, like literally one of the first judo throws I ever learned. Uh, but, like and stuff. Yeah. I could just never like that. Well, like sauce or sasai. That was the one that would always give me trouble. Knee wheel too, a little bit, but um, man, how you how you kind of did that? I just it just worked. That that entry worked for me, like that very first one you showed from collar and awesome. elbow. Man, that's cool. That's awesome. It's fun to it's fun to hear, like you know, you're able to help or influence somebody. And well, we started doing a bunch of clinch mm -hmm. at the school for like three months right after that, so we reviewed it a lot. And it just, it tied in, it was working. And um, it was just, it was nice to be doing foot props because we were doing like inside trips and stuff. Like I got, uh, and you're welcome to it, uh, but like Greg Nelson put out a clinch DVD a long time ago. And yeah. parts of it are on YouTube, but it's super good, dude. And he like, it, it, he does like every judo throw in the book, but from a, from like a Thai MMA perspective. That's, you know, it's weird is that, I do more judo for the most part. I do more judo in my Muay Thai than I do jiu-jitsu, you know, like there's a couple, like there's a couple of judo throws I do in jiu-jitsu, like, like a Yoko Tomo, 
like I'll do that. Uh, uh, I do a couple like Kochi setups. Um, I, I do a Hani Goshi, which is like oddly a throw I do a lot. Um, but for the most part, most of my all like almost all my judo, except for obviously the foot sweeps, like all the foot sweeps. I do yeah. in Muay Thai a lot from the clench. Um, Pretty fun though, yeah. Yeah, a lot, it, a lot of failed foot sweeps go straight into knees really well. So yes, agreed. Like just you know, I'll go for the a foot sweep. If it doesn't work, it turns into a knee setup. Tip like eighty percent of the time. So you know, then it's just a matter of getting in on the inside. So yeah, fine. man, I really like like uh, and trying to catch an Ouchi. And if they step out following with that knee, I love that. Yeah. yeah. What, what, so y'all have a new building and everything. Has anybody worked out in it yet? Dude, we worked out for two weeks and then we decided that we were going to kind of, we canceled classes like two days before they said in Arkansas, like, Hey, gyms need to close down. And we've i mean we've been doing the zoom classes with the kids great participation like 27 students were on core zoom the other night so um kickboxing i've been having people show up and do zooms like we've had as many as like seven people but like that's not like kickboxing class usually like 15 to 20 people you know right so but we've been doing a lot of man i've been doing a lot of podcasts i've been doing a lot of uh youtube videos for our youtube my dog's barking at the mailman, doing his job. What's up? Did you see that dog tail right here a second ago? I left my podcast door open. It's funny. No, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, we uh, we haven't done any Zoom classes. We're doing lots of Facebook Live classes. I've been seeing you post a ton. Uh, we're trying, trying to stay super active, making sure everybody's getting, you know, um, getting anything and everything they need you know and but uh yeah just ready for it to be over ready to get back on the mats with some people so i told someone the other day this is the longest break i've had from jiu-jitsu in 14 years yeah yeah longest man. Break. It, i mean really like when i had my hernia repair I mean, I say I had a break, like I was down there when I had staples in, like pointing at the noon class, like trying to show them something, you know, it's like pretty much the same. Even when I've been injured, I've still been at the gym engaged. Mm -hmm. Man, how, so what you've been training for 14 years, like how did, how did you like, what's your, I know you have a background, ton of great things, but like, how, how did you get your start in martial arts and like, what was the like progression of arts like i know you've done taekwondo have a black belt in that if i'm not mistaken judo jiu-jitsu like mma fights kickboxing how did all of this materialize for you um you know i was a kid i was like four years old i guess um i have pictures no memories but uh i was in taekwondo Maybe something like that. Two years. I did Taekwondo when I was really young. Um, maybe I was a little older than that. I don't know. Anyway, so I did Taekwondo when I was really young, and uh, and I guess I just kept that. Maybe it was like four to like nine or something. I don't know. I didn't get my black belt in Taekwondo. As a kid. 
out to my red and black belt right before. And then when I was like 15, a friend of mine started doing Muay Thai. And I thought, I thought like I knew some stuff. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, I'm a red black belt in Taekwondo. Like I can fight, like, come on. And uh, my buddy started doing Muay Thai. And I remember the very first Muay Thai class I ever went to, I don't know, I don't remember why, because I wouldn't like, I don't think I would do this intentionally, but I showed up in jeans. I, I, I think I was going to just watch, but I was wearing jeans and Jonathan Border, it was his class. And, and he was like, well, come do it. And I was like, can I do it in jeans? He was like, yeah, yeah, so come out. So I trained. And I don't know if it was the first class. I don't think it was. I think it was maybe the second. They did a little sparring at the end. And I was like, cool. Dude, I got beat up so bad. Not like a, not like a, you know, hey, they should send the police or something. But like, I, it showed me I didn't have, my confidence was very ill-placed. Let me put it that way. Like, I should not, and it wasn't, I just, I just shouldn't have had the confidence I had having a black belt in Taekwondo or not, not even having a black, having a red black belt in Taekwondo as a kid. I should have never thought like, Oh yeah, I can fight with grown men. Good. You know, good. I'm good. You know, maybe I'll lose, but not bad. No, dude, I got the snot beat out of me, man. Like point sparring, you know, I don't know. That's that, that could be a conversation. I'm not sure i'm not sure without hurting people's feelings i'm not sure why i have opinions on some points but it was not found effective for me um and uh when i got hit for the first time by a grown man i was like "Ugh, this is not good so i kind of it it intrigued me a lot i was like man i can't suck this bad at something and uh so i just kept going back and i got into muay thai i did muay thai for like Six months before Jonathan had talked me into trying jujitsu. So then I tried jujitsu and uh, again, I just got annihilated by someone I thought shouldn't be able to do that. Because I'd played like, up to that point, I'd played like competitive baseball. So I was like a 15 year old kid. And Jonathan Border is an incredible instructor, you know, top tier, top tier, dude, for sure. Especially in the Memphis area, I'd say, you know, by far, you know, um, but so that was back forever ago. And then it's probably another six months after that. Um, I was so into jujitsu. I was so enamored by jujitsu. I started doing judo to try to get better. Uh, so I thought it would help me with my jiu-jitsu. So, judo. so that was kind of like, I guess it was about a year process into the three. And then um, I just trained all three. Um, uh, and then after about a year of training, I was like, man, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of quitting anything. Um, so, or at least not finishing and getting so close to my black belt in Taekwondo, but not doing it, like kind of was like, that's good back in my head. 
head. So I called uh, an old Taekwondo instructor I'd had and was like, hey man, what would it take? You know, what do I need to do? What would it take? And he was up in Nashville. And he was like, well, maybe you have to start training with me. I was like, okay. Uh, he was like, you need to relearn all your forms and stuff. So um, I went back and uh, I started driving to Nashville twice a month training with him and uh uh here in memphis relearning all my forms and um i don't remember maybe it took eight months or so and then i went and tested and got my black belt in taekwondo um so yeah along the way i started doing muay thai fights and started doing judo tournaments and jiu-jitsu tournaments and got into mma and did Speaking of judo tournaments, let's look at this real quick. Oh my gosh, you found that! I just happened to find it because I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about it when you were talking about your taekwondo for some reason. Let's see, can you see this? Can I see it? Have you not seen that before? I have, man. It gets worse every time, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Thank you, my good friend, Ethan Clapp. Oh, See? man. I, yeah, I remember that. Didn't he train with you again? Uh -huh. Did, didn't he come back and start training with you? Is that the same guy I'm thinking? Um, not really. He's – no. No, he came to the gym and, like, trained, like, once or twice. But, dude, when I started jiu-jitsu – Ethan was a blue belt and I want to call it like my jujitsu rivalry, but it's not a rivalry when I never won. <laughs> like it was like, I considered it success by not getting submitted by him. And, uh, dude, I didn't submit him until we were like brown belts and he had already taken like a ton of time off. And then I caught my first sub, but from white, blue, purple, Never caught him. And he, dude, he's just, for one, he's one of the smartest dudes I've ever met. Um, by far one of the smartest dudes I ever met. He's one of those guys that, like, um, in college, tutored me in calculus. No joke. Tutored me in calculus because um, I'm not great at it. And he's just – but he's in crazy intelligent. But at the same time is – incredible jiu-jitsu player and he has not a complex game and i don't mean that in like a bad way it's not a complex game but it's a very tight game so it's like it's hard it was hard dude we're talking it's been years since i've rolled with him it's probably been four or five years since i rolled with him so i want to say if i remember right it was like dude his game was you couldn't get him out of it and when you're in it it was just everything was so tight he had a couple crazy good passes that like once he started them you were just done. And, um, incredible top pressure. He's a really good judo black belt too. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember him doing any wrestling really or being a great wrestler, uh, but I know his judo was incredible. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he was at that tournament and um, probably won his division. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, caught that on film and then thought – For my brachialis muscle in two pieces man that's so brutal you know i had 
I want to say I met both of you guys, um, and you were probably, I don't even know what belt you were, you were at the time because you weren't wearing a belt, but I was at a seminar that Border was teaching at, and I broke my collarbone uh, on the mats just training judo that morning. Um, or you were there the night before or something, but I remember the seminar where I got my jiu-jitsu blue belt was the first time I met you and y'all were talking about how you dislocated your elbow. And then I saw the video like a few years later or whatever, but uh, yeah, that's brutal, dude. It was not good. Yeah. How long did it take you to recover from that? Um, it wasn't terrible. So it was weird. So like when I posted out on my arm, um, somehow the doctor was explaining it because like it didn't break any bone. So he said like when I posted, it's like the joint separated and then it folded, so it tore the muscle. Um, so, and when my arm went back, it supposedly just went right back into the socket. Um, honestly, it was like six weeks. Six weeks in a cast. Um, or it wasn't like a cast. It was like I had to have my arm held up in a certain way. Like rookie of the year? No, it was like like normal. Like it, like it was normally like in a sling or something. But... Uh, uh, it had to be like really high up. Obviously, you see, like it had to be like like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like up. It had to. They said like the muscle had to like be touching itself. Something about muscles not healing; they just scar back together. So, yeah. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It works now. Oh. Yeah. How old were you? Were you, were you like young, like teenage years? So you like, you recovered better probably? Oh yeah. I was teenage years. What's the, what's the date on that video? Let's see. Hold on. Cause I honestly don't remember. Let's see. Uh, it was uploaded 2010. That's, that's the year it happened. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh man. That is uh yeah, that's, that's nasty. I'm glad you recovered from that. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun though. You know, I mean, uh, I wouldn't take, I mean, maybe that, that, but for the most part, you know, I haven't had any like serious injuries. Um, that's probably the most serious injury I've ever had training. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's good, man. And, and man, I'm sure I know you live a super, uh, a healthy and active lifestyle you you own the crossfit gym so you're um you're probably just keeping strong man like i know i've started like i started in november i just until the fitness center closed like i was going to the fitness center every day i would take one or two days a week off just like whatever day i felt like i needed uh, mm -hmm. some recovery and i would just like walk or something on those days and started walking every day started running and Dude, it, it made such a huge difference in how I felt, how I was recovering from rolling or anything. I was just like, I felt stronger. I wasn't like doing a lot of free weights, but doing a lot of machines and a lot of cardio. Yeah. And it was just like rowing. I, I started doing a ton of rowing. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's just a big difference maker, man. Like I've been doing like lat pull downs and then, just a bunch of different stuff for my shoulders, but dude, my lap back here was hurting so bad. And now it's, it's not like, I'm talking like, I was like, I tore my labrum. I know it. But like every, every time I did this, it was weird. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw you did. Uh, so you've done Murph now, huh? Dude, I did it with one of the guys from the gym. He's doing it every day for 30 days. That's crazy, man. Dude, it is. I'm so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna serious. do one of the, one of the ones with 100 pull-ups once a week for four weeks. That's that's my goal. Yeah, man, Murph every day. I'm rabdo or something. Yeah, I know. I was sore for. I I started getting back to normal on day four. Yeah. Like, yeah. Brutal. Murph, uh, three, three times. Uh, we do it. Uh, it's real big in CrossFit. Um, Murph, uh, Michael Murphy was a CrossFitter as well. Uh, Hold on, you just cut out. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know the story of Murph, right? Yeah, I mean, sort of. Like, I know that everybody does it on Memorial Day, and he, he was killed in combat, like, by friendly fire? No, um... No, did you did you see the movie Lone Survivor? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was one of those guys. Michael Murphy was. Oh one okay, okay. In that, in that um, uh, mission. Um. So, and uh, the director of the CrossFit Games is a retired Navy SEAL. Wow. So, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of CrossFit is is really well recognized by a lot of military guys. Um especially a lot of seals and stuff um like josh bridges is a real famous crossfitter and he was a he was a seal but um but yeah so it's kind of cool one of the coolest things crossfit i think does is they have what they call hero wads and it's fallen police officers or it could be uh firefighters or you know people that did crossfit that that died in the line of duty in some and they'll take either a workout that they're that they their favorite workout that they loved or something they made up or something like that, and they'll name that workout after that person. So Murph was named after Lieutenant Michael Murphy, who I don't know if that was his I don't know if he made it up or that was one of his favorite workouts, but that's how it got done. And that's kind of like one of the original or most well known hero wads. So now if you just type in Google Hero Wads, you'll see And then there's workouts called the girls. So if you yeah. type, you know, uh, the girls, because a lot of the worst workouts are named after ladies, um, probably because their tolerance levels are high enough to actually take these workouts off. Like my wife is way more of a beast than I'll ever be when it comes to her pain tolerance. I've watched her go through childbirth twice now. It's much higher than mine. Congrats on uh, what, Oliver. Is that... Uh... The newborn snap? Yeah, Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. Congrats to you guys, man. That's awesome. How old is he now? Uh, what's today, the 28th? Mm, 20, yeah, 28. 28 days old. All right. There you go. That's one on the first, which was a fun text to our family. They're like, no, seriously. Was he born? We're like, yes. And they're like, whatever. Text me tomorrow when, you know, no, seriously, like we're at the hospital right now. Like I'm having to send selfies because they all think I'm like April fools in them of us at the hospital. But, That's uh, hilarious. 
<laughs> oh man i saw a bunch of parents on april fool's day pranking their kids being like all right get up we're going to school it's going to, we're going back to school today <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that's yeah. pretty hilarious my kids are you know my daughter's like 19 months now she is a mess so it's fun it's fun because she's not quite talking yet which is frustrating for her and he's 28 days old so a little needy still physically like having to eat every few hours so life at home is it's amazing it's fun i wouldn't give it up for anything <sighs> yeah but i don't see much yeah oh i bet man i mean i can only imagine so and my wife's the same so you know if it wasn't for her, I'd be struggling, struggling big time. But so tell me what you guys, so you started, or you have more workouts like Murph, you're playing. Did you text me something you're trying to do Annie next? Uh, I'm going to do Angie this week. And I think I'm going to do Cindy next week is my plan. Dude. Cindy, tell me if I get this wrong. Is it a 30 minute Imam? Oh, I can't remember what the time is, but I think the I think the reps are thirty twenty ten on push ups, pull ups. Oh, it's no, and, it's uh, five, it's like the Murph. Yeah, it's five pull ups, ten push ups, fifteen year squats. Yes, yes, yes. And there's two versions. There's a twenty minute AMRAP of that, and then there's a thirty minute EMOM of that. Um, One's Cindy, one's something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I do, man. Those girl workouts are, uh, they're insane. Back when I taught boot camp, periodically I would throw one in and like uh, Angie was one of my favorite ones to do just because it was like any of, the, any of the ones like body weight exercise and I would even throw in like 100 jumping jacks or, or like something else like that. Um, and because we could do it in like a boot camp time period. And yeah. It was good. Well, man, um, so what all, like, I know that you talked about your jiu-jitsu competition, like, as a culture in your school, but, um, like, you you personally, like, what is all your background in competition, and, and how does that kind of cross over to your students? I know you still compete. I know your students compete, but you've competed, like, the whole time I've known you. We just saw you breaking your elbow in a competition, so... Um, yeah, uh, so competition for jujitsu. Um, well, just across in across the board, man. Cause like, it, it, like when you start getting into like your whole career of like, yeah, I've had like 20 MMA fights and, uh, you know, didn't lose, but like one of them to a decision or, you know, you, I know you've got like a, an amazing, you've done IKF. Um, you, I don't think, I don't think you've done any boxing, but you compete in judo, you compete in jujitsu and, Jiu-jitsu kind of being like the, the thing that's going on the most right now. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, I, I've always done jiu-jitsu. And I, I mean, what I should say is I've always done jiu-jitsu competitions. Um, and I guess it started, my first competition was, you know, was the ones that Dream put on in Little Rock. Um, those are all, those are the only jiu-jitsu competitions like I knew about or went to. Funny story, dude. Cora has Cora told you this. Like one time, we compete like it is blue belts. We competed against each other in one of those. Yeah, 
and you you paper cutter choked me off of a double underpass anyway but uh i remember you you were over there like doing uchi Komi's real fast and cora was like worried about it she was like that guy his judo it looks really good i you're going against him and i was like yeah you know i trained judo too geez you know like but i like at the time like i had like no judo experience and like broke my collarbone the whole only time i went to a seminar That's so, fun. It, it was man she she brings it up from time to time about she just remembers you doing those loads real fast yeah probably with ethan most likely i think it was that i mean i remember being around him a time or two back then so yeah. i mean that was our takedowns like you know jonathan borders a you know need on in judo um so like you know, all of our, all of our takedowns were judo. And, you know, I don't remember John teaching a lot of single and double legs. Um, and maybe he did. I just have a bad memory, but the vast majority of our takedowns were all, you know, I mean, he was a judo guy, so it made sense that we would, you know, kind of fall that way. Um, and I'm real grateful of it now. I actually work currently a lot on my wrestling. Um, but yeah, man, I, I did a lot of jujitsu tournaments kind of coming up and then, Outside of like the local ones in Arkansas, then I would go to um, Naga was the big thing for a while. It, it was. was. Let me say it was, it was the only other thing, you know, and I knew about the IBJJF, but man, they didn't come anywhere even close to Memphis for forever. And they still don't. Like the closest they come to Memphis now is like they just started coming to Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, but that's in the past two, three years. You know, so by the time they started coming close, I was a black belt already. So um, the first IBJJF tournament I did was three weeks after I got my purple belt, I went to Europeans and fought in the European Open in Portugal. That was my first ever IBJJF tournament. Um, and uh, it was crazy. I actually, I lost to a Polish guy on an advantage in the last 10 seconds. Last 10 seconds, first round, I was out. Man, bummer. I, I remember being really upset about it, so I don't even know, I don't know how my division happened. But I, I do remember I met Ryan Hall. He uh, he fought that week. I remember I met Ryan Hall that weekend. And I was, like, geeking out because I was all about the triangle. I was all about, you know, the deep half. And I was like, oh. You know, so I got my picture with him. And he was like, man, if you're ever in D.C., you know, come train. And I still remember that to this day that I got invited to train. I'm sure that was his, you know, I'm sure that's like his normal response to most people is like, yeah, maybe you're ever in DC, come by. But, uh, you know, I held on. He was a big deal. I mean, he still is a big deal. I guess and he's doing well in the UFC right now. Yeah. All about that. Um, I fought, uh, I did a bunch of judo. I, um, I think I take I taken like I never was like super successful in judo. Like I took second at the Tennessee State tournament once. Um, that's probably the best I've ever done. Um, I won the Fraser Judo tournament, which is just a real local Memphis tournament. Um, I was real proud about it. I had to beat a guy that was really good. But you know, all in all, like my judo is very. I, I, yeah, I fought in IKF four, four times. Um, 
I won it in 2008. And in 2009, do you know who Joseph Valtellini is? Uh, Canadian guy. Canadian guy. He was the 170 champ in glory and is now a commentator for glory. But he had like, I think 16, 17 pro fights. Most of them were in glory. Like, just killed it. Killed it. Anyway, I fought him in 2009. Um, I won my first two fights on Saturday, and then I fought him first round on Sunday. And uh, I lost the decision. That's probably the best guy I've ever fought. And uh, the next, and he won it that year. So I think I was ranked number three for like losing in the semifinals and I always lost to the world champion that year every time so I was ranked number three for a little while um and then Did you I always do tie rules when you fought yeah yeah I always had like this weird stick because I trained Muay Thai and just always thought it was the most legit of all of them and was like I want to win the tie rules one not like I don't necessarily think that to be true, but as far as like what I had trained in, I wanted to win in what I had trained in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I trained Muay Thai. I wanted to test my skills with the clinch. You know, and you can't do that in American rules or international rules. There's no clinching, so I really wanted to win in the realm of what I've been doing. Plus, it translated better to MMA. Um. And I, I lost my very first MMA fight I fought on Dring's card. Uh, I was 17 years old. I lost my first MMA fight. I lost to a decision. And then um, uh, I won my next pay-per-view. I, uh, I think I had four or five. I think I had five first-round finishes. And then two two second round finishes and one third round finish i finished uh that was fun um kind of weird talking about yourself um i know man i was just telling somebody that the other day i was like i don't want to i want to hear about other people i don't want to talk about me like it's it is kind of weird like uh listing your accomplishments that's when it's weird for me yeah it's like i like I'm, I'm proud of what I've done, but I don't think it's anything special. Does that make sense? Like, like I am proud that like I've worked hard and I've done some things, but I don't think I deserve any sort of admiration for it. And it's just, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Like there's so many people out there that have done so much more than I've could, could think of. But um, anyway, I fought, I, I, I fought in um, I fought in Muay Thai again recently, two years ago. Uh, two thousand no, two thousand nine. No, two thousand eight. I I won IKF in two thousand eight. So in two thousand eighteen, um, I was taking two guys to fight, and I was like, dude, I'm gonna fight again. That's my ten year anniversary. Why not? Yeah, why? Not? Uh, so I, I signed up. I trained for like a month, sort of. And uh, I sort of trained for like a month and was just kind of going off of, I've been doing it for forever and, you know, experience would kick in. And uh, I fought the Pan American Muay Thai champion. 
first round. Uh, we had a really good fight. I lost to a split decision. Um, nice. He was the 2018 Pan American Muay Thai champion. Um, and uh, that was my first. I was like, man, I couldn't get like a warm up fight. I couldn't get like a bye. Know, like maybe somebody who hadn't had 20 fights. You know, I don't know. But uh, that was fun. That's the most recent like Muay Thai thing I've done. Um, and then Jiu Jitsu, man. Um, it's been fun. You know, I, I've done at, at Black Belt, I've got to compete quite a bit. Uh, I travel a lot to compete. Um, and that's been fun. Like, you know, I've competed uh, against a lot of local guys, and uh, which is always cool to compete with guys like you've trained with and you know, like that's fun. Um, and I've got to, I got to fight Lucas Barbosa. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of fun. Um, I fought Gianni Grippo, which was cool. Um, uh, at Brown Belt, I fought Johnny Tama. Um, I fought, dude, a lot of big, I, I got, to, I got to fight guys that, that have become pretty big names and, you know, and I haven't been successful with those dudes in competition, but it's cool experiences, you know, um, it's fun to, it's fun to get out there and test yourself with like the that like hey i know i'm going against somebody who is you know arguably one of the best in the world at this one thing and you know that's fun um i don't really feel like i've i've had a super successful career at black belt yet i don't feel like i've done anything memorable at black belt yet i've had some good matches that have gone my way which was fun but i don't know i'm still working on it how much longer are you uh, in the adult division for? Um, I'm eligible for the uh, masters next year. Okay. Uh, so I'm 29 and you can do, you can compete in masters one the year you turn 30. Well, I turned 30 in January. So it's like, I'll, I'll essentially be I don't know. I don't know how long because you can compete as an adult forever. Yeah. So I I don't know if I'm going to stop competing as an adult yet at 30. I might wait. I might give myself another few years. Um, we have we have three black belts at the gym right now. Um, well, four, three other than me. Um, Who else training with you right now? uh mark and jeremy miller dude uh i've i've had a couple of matches against mark and then uh i try i got to roll with him when you remember when you were working at the croc and chris carlino and i came down he was yeah. over at memphis you know in jiu-jitsu then i got to train with him but uh friends with him on facebook super nice dude oh dude mark and jeremy are incredible guys incredibly nice uh mark uh, uh a little more so than jeremy uh just because um Mark's schedule allows him to train a little bit more, but we've become good buddies. You know, he's a great guy, great guy. And Jeremy's an awesome dude too. It's just his schedule is crazy. Uh, he's a nurse, so he doesn't get to train quite as much, but, uh, man, both those guys have helped my jujitsu a ton. Um, just super solid training partners. 
you know, and guys that won't let you, that will really capitalize on your mistakes, which, you know, like, you know, if you're just rolling with like a purple belt, it's kind of like, ah, you kind of do what you want, make a mistake, recover, not a big deal. Um, but having other high level black belts, awesome. I mean, like there's a, don't get me wrong. I have a couple purple belts here that might be like, come on, dude. I mean, average purple belt, you know what I mean? Now you level like competitive purple belts. We've got like a couple of high level, like real competitive purple belts. Like you can't sleep on them. You know what I mean? But um, it's still not the same as having another black belt that it's going to make you pay if you're, Man, um, you know, I had Alan on, which I know you guys trained together a lot uh, over the years, but Alan yeah. was on and he, he dude, he, we hit a point, the episode's coming out in a few days, so you just have to watch it. It's not, it's like an hour long or something, but he was like, I've submitted Eric Ingram six times and here are the submissions in the order that they occurred. And he's like, this many of them were this, this many of them was that, one of them was this. Like he did, he just rattled it off and I was, I was losing it. It was hilarious. Oh man, man, he is an incredible dude. That guy is brilliant too. He Talk is to dude who's just like who's super cerebral. Like, man, he's just for one, he's super intelligent, and you know, I think he just remembers things like, like, you know, because most of his game he learned himself, you know, and he got. I've never met someone who's gotten that good, kind of on their own. You know, yeah, from- I was I was joking with him about his DVD collection. Oh, really? I just I remember him posting uh, a photo of like his jujitsu DVDs, and I was just like, I had a lot of them too, and I had a lot. I have a lot of digital jujitsu, you know. And I was just like, dang, dude, you have like every instructional ever made. And he's like, uh-huh. you see my book collection or something like that. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I have a hard time like getting into DVD, like tutorials and stuff. Like I'm really good at a couple of, no, I'm good. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm really good at like doing jujitsu and like in person, someone explaining and like, I can do it. But like, if I'm not on the mat, like just sitting at a TV screen and like watching it and processing it, it's kind of like, I don't know. I get bored really quick. I start You know, um, it is a, it's a passive activity. Like I've talked with this about, uh, t- with like Jeff Woods, that guy's mentioned, we're going to promote to bite belt and it, it, we're kind of the same way in that it, I got to be doing something else. Like what we've been doing is like, um, recently we've been working on those 10th planet warmups. So we'll have like the video accessible right there for quick reference, but we're drilling it right. or I'm taking notes while I'm watching something, like maybe I'm trying to watch a an instructional for like the Donna her stuff or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, man, just just straight watching a video is super passive for me. Yeah, I have to be. We talked about getting like a TV next to the mats, um, but you know what I found? I've gotten the best at is I've been trying. Dude, I've been trying to host a lot of seminars. I've been trying. Uh, it's tough, but dude, we just had. Um, Dom Bellin, you know who he is? I've heard the name and I saw you had him in, but I, I haven't followed his, his competition or anything. So he is a recent black belt. He's an Autos guy. He's one of the, uh, 
he's one of the instructors at uh, Oxus HQ with, uh, I mean, so he trains directly under Andre Galvao. And dude, brown belt, incredible. I want to say he was a brown belt world champion, gi and no gi, incredible brown belt resume. Uh, he's a full-time competitor. Um, and I got to do a private with him when I was out in California. And his ability to relay information was super good. And you don't always get that. Like just because someone's a high level jujitsu player does not mean they're a high level, you know, or that they even care that much, you know? So super cool. Cause I, he, for one, he was just a nice dude, which is important because, you know, they're going to come and probably sleep in my house. So, you know, there's always that level of, you got to gauge the weirdness uh, of them. So he seemed super cool. And he was a great communicator and seemed to truly care that I got the technique. You know what I mean? Um, so out of like the, the hour or something private, we probably. Uh, so I had him in for a seminar and uh, it was awesome, dude. I mean, and he showed me his game, which was cool. So we got to drill his game with him, you know, and he's one of the best guys at single leg X. And that's like his game. It made my single leg act so much stronger. Uh, which was cool. Um, so needless to say, I got to train with Alan. I got to go up to a gym he trains at a lot and get to train with Mike. And so I got to roll with Mikey, which was, it was humbling to say the least. I mean, that dude is crazy, but he gave me really good advice. I asked him about a seminar and he said, man, I'm not a good, I wouldn't be a good seminar for you. I was like, what are you talking about? Dude, you're arguably one of the, one of the best grapplers of all time right now. I mean, one of the greatest American grapplers for sure. The most accomplished American grappler as far as uh, IBJJF is concerned, right? Um, he's the first American three-time world champion in a row. His sister just won Black Belt Worlds last year, and he won it. He's won it at two weight classes now. Beat uh, Bruno Malfacini. Um, finished his last guy at Worlds this last year. He submitted his last guy, I want to say, like the first 30 seconds of the match. The finals match at Black Belt submitted the guy in 30 seconds. Like, dude, just another level good. Um, I remember looking at Anyway, he told me, he said, man, I wouldn't be a good seminar for you. I said, what do you mean? He was like, well, we play such different games. It would be hard for me. He said, he said it would be hard for you to adapt my game to your game. He said, you need to have guys in that play similar styles to you that can help you get better. And I was like, hmm, that was a good idea. So we've started looking at and trying to have seminars with guys that are really good at specific areas that we want our gym to get better at, if that makes sense. For sure. For sure. And trying to have guys in for three or four days instead of just like, a, Hey, he's here for 30 hours. We're doing a seminar. It's three hours. If you want to private, you can, then they're out, but trying to get some like actual like training.
Yeah, man. Um, when I had uh, O'Brien on the podcast, he was talking about when they had uh, Hickson in for a seminar, uh, like yeah. like long time ago. But his instructor um, hosted him at his house, and he like gave him biscuits and gravy for the first time. Like it, it I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, he never had biscuits and gravy. I'm sure you get it on like, I, I mean, I've been around and like Jack and people are like, yo, I've heard about Memphis barbecue my whole life. Take me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was funny, man. Go watch that uh, episode if you get uh, a minute. And, you know, Daniel was a Pan American champ at Brown. He's done like ADCC trials and um, EBI. Uh, is a it real, he's the guy, do you remember a dude that did a, a jiu-jitsu tournament blindfolded? Was that him? That was him. Wow. Yeah, he also is famous. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that, though. He's famous for hitting a ball and chain armbar in competition. That would be famous for. Yeah. But I, I want to say in that first blindfolded match, um, he submitted a dude that was a world champion, if I'm not mistaken. So really? it's like, yeah. I mean, the guy's good looking, but he's not super well known because he's from like Coleman, Alabama. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and what's ironic, do you know who um, Brandon McCatherine is? He like commentates the EBIs. Um, he did a seminar at my gym, one of the best seminars I've gone to, honestly. Like, yeah, really? Kind of guy. What's that? The 10th planet guy yeah he's an eddie bravo black belt but yeah. they're like 20 miles apart from each other in alabama brandon and daniel are so like they train together yeah so uh but yeah brandon brandon mccatherine it's spelled mckagrin but he says it's mccatherine super good dude he's coming on the podcast friday he to choose it's his name <laughs> yeah <laughs> he can say it wrong you kind of froze up dude you still there you're back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. But um, yeah, man. That's cool. That's really cool, man. The jujitsu game is is gotten stupid. Like, you know how good people are and how good they've gotten at such a young age. You know, it's it's incredible. I for the first time kind of feel old. Yeah, dude, you've always been, uh, which I guess I'm only like four or five years older than you, but like back when we were like blue belts, I'm like, this dude's only blah, blah, blah years old. Like at the time, because I was like 25 and you were like 20 or something. I'm just like, I can't yeah. believe this shit. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I was like, man, you know, I got my black belt when I was 25. And I was like, you know, I thought I was a really young black belt, but it's like, dude, now I'm competing with these kids that are like 23 years old, 22, 23, 24. And it's just like, oh my God, you know, they're so good. So incredibly good. And, you know, their grips are just, and their intensity is just, you know, it's another level. So it's been fun trying to get up to that level. And, you know, uh, we've developed pretty good relationships with the other gyms in town. So, the jiu-jitsu scene in memphis has, has been awkward for a long time um just because there's a lot of a lot of different people that have all had previous relationships that didn't go well you know um 
And luckily I haven't been part of any of that, but there's a lot of that. So it's like, you can talk to this person and you can talk to this person. You just can't talk to them at the same time. They are not on speaking terms, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. It, it's just, it's very, it's very dynamic. It's very interesting, but there's been a lot more cross training going on. So like the guys over at Memphis Judo and Jiu Jitsu, like Stephen Combs, you know, cross train with those guys a lot. I've had positive, positive inputs on his game. Uh, he'd be a fun dude for you to talk to if you ever want to. Um, uh, he's a, uh, an incredible martial artist and dude, high level, probably the highest level judo guy we have in the city. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh dude, I'll tell you, man, like I hit Nate up the other day and, uh, if you don't mind, do me a favor. Cause like, dude, I'm teaching from home right now. I'm not going to the gym. So I've been doing a ton of podcasts and I'm trying to do a bunch of martial arts and jujitsu themed one. Just like we're emailing them to like the playlist of my podcast and stuff that we're doing the martial arts ones to our members and just things like that. So I'm trying to push a little extra content for them because like we're not doing as much for the adults right now. Um, but send me a list to anybody that you would remotely, if you would listen to them on the podcast, I will hit them up and I will ask you if you have any questions that you want me to, to bring up. Yeah. Steven Combs, I'd listen to man for sure. Um, you know, and even, um, you know, honestly, any of the black belts here, you know, uh, Jeremy or Mark, uh, their jujitsu knowledge is so deep and their jujitsu knowledge of like the game itself and like the players in the game is really really good um so that's that's fun i think it was um i think it was jeremy that did this but like hit this crazy lasso sleep sweep where he like put his foot on the dude's face to sweep him it was wild like i and i want to say somebody made it into one of those thug life videos like afterwards the shades came down Uh, jeremy Man, Jeremy's a, a really Mark's a fun role, and Jeremy's fun, but they're fun in different ways. Like where Mark, it's very strategic, you know. Like he plays a very specific game, and I have to figure out how to get around. Uh, so it's fun, but it's it's um, it's more mental power. With Jeremy, it's way more explosive, and it's way more dynamic. So it could go kind of go anywhere. Uh, where sometimes it's a little more static like we're you know fighting little grips here and there trying to inch inch our way through uh but with jeremy it's like dude it's just it's just a ball and man we're just kind of getting after it all over the place um so it's fun man i i think the cool thing about the gym here is that we have so many people with so many different styles like there's not like one style that kind of dominates the gym it's it's really cool it's really cool and now that we have guys that are high level at all those different styles of the same game that's that's fun and kind of like, um, if you don't mind, like talk about like the diversity of your business and how it plays into this. Cause I know 
like you've got a diverse team, like we're talking martial arts and jujitsu, whether it's your Thai boxing class or your jujitsu class, or just like martial arts in general. But you also have a CrossFit box. You've got fitness kickboxing. Uh, you mentioned a kid's uh, room. And I mean, you, you've got a very diverse business, but like, it, how do you, uh, the CrossFit box has to be a major benefit for people like Joe and people who are like wanting to stay strong because I, I mean, I honestly believe if you can compete at the level you guys are competing at, you, you got to do that too. So like, how does, how does your business work and how, how does that like, is it a major benefit having the box? Um, do you get a lot of cross training with the martial arts guys in the box? So it's interesting. We have cross training between the CrossFit and Jiu Jitsu is pretty much just the competitors for the most part. Um, a lot of our competitors do both. But like you said, kind of, it's sort of required to really compete at that high level to have good strength and conditioning. And nothing really does that like CrossFit. And I kind of made a gym that was around the things that I did already. Like, like our gym is made up because those are the things that like I'm into. And if I wasn't into them, we probably wouldn't have them. You know, so like I'm personally like really into CrossFit. Like it's what I do to stay in shape myself. Um, I love it. I love the methodology. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of, I agree with the training platform. You know, I think it works. I think it's great. So because of that, it's helped me personally a ton. So it was like, hey, how do we start a CrossFit gym? to help people, you know, bridge that gap. Um, but it's also fun. I mean, we have a, a bunch of people that just do CrossFit. And that's fun because, you know, you're seeing people change their lives through fitness, which is always really, really cool. Seeing people get their first pull-up, like that's a big deal. You know, we have a couple ladies, that, you know, they got their very first pull-up and I was like, wow, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Like, do, you, do you start them off on bands or anything to, to help them bridge um, that gap? Yeah, so for like, like let's say the pull-up itself, like bands are awesome and we do bands. Uh, we try to really limit the amount of band work we do because people can get um, where they rely on bands too much. They can get kind of stuck. So it's like, you know, people, sometimes people will start with a band and they'll never graduate out of a band. So that's why we really try to minimize, but we do lots of like things that simulate push-ups. Or I mean, uh, pull-ups. We'll do lots of like jumping pull-ups. We'll do negative pull-ups. Uh, we'll do pull-ups from your knees on a barbell, uh, you know, with a rack barbell at like squat height, you know. So any any sort of good lat engagement with a good pull, um, we'll do. I think negative pull-ups are one of the best benefits to getting your first strict pull-up. But then once you get a strict pull-up, I think the best thing is to continue in strict pull-ups, you know. Um, so, you know, once you can do one, then just start adding rest to where you can do, you know, and you, you'll just do lots of singles till you can get your first double. And, you know, so like the pull-up progression, the idea is to eventually be able to do a muscle-up, right? Um, uh, a muscle-up on a barbell and a muscle-up on a ring. So it's like you start with strict pull-ups till, you know, you start with banded slash negative pull-ups uh, things like that to just work the motion of the pull-up and then we'll graduate you to, okay, now let's try to get to 10 strict pull-ups. 
And once you can get to 10 strict pull-ups, you'll learn how to do a kipping pull-up, which is now you're learning how, because until you get to 10, your shoulders aren't necessarily developed enough to, to rock in this external rotation. And to, to be able to go from external to internal, mm-hmm. that rotation in your shoulders, they need to be, be really strong. So until you can get to about 10 strict, but once you can get to about 10 strict pull-ups, we'll start working that motion. So you get into like a kipping pull-up, and then you'll go from like that kipping pull-up to like a butterfly pull-up where you're really learning like the movement, which is going to get you to a chest-to-bar pull-up, which is going to get you to a muscle-up. So everything's just a progression. So the end goal is, hey, how do I go from I'm reaching up, grabbing onto this barbell to now I'm on top of the bar with it all the way down to my hips. So, and the founder of CrossFit is famous. So that's kind of why all those progressions are there. He did the rings. Uh, Greg Glassman was, so, you know, um, that's typically the, the progress from pull up to muscle up. Man, and like I was saying, like just developing those same muscles in my shoulder, like I got to get back into doing like um, overhead squats for that external rotation you're talking about. And like I was stretching the other day after recovering from those pulls, like taking a, uh, what was I just actually using my kayak paddle, but I was like, oh man, just stretching those bicep tie-ins. You know, a foam rolling is awesome. Sometimes I'll take a foam roller and I'll put it right uh, right below my lats on my upper back. And then I, so I'm on my back laying with that foam roller kind of going like, like, uh, here to here, kind of like long ways. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll lift my hips up off the ground and then I'll extend back and try to touch my knuckles to the floor. I should try that. You're getting a lot of, uh, it really helps to like open like your upper thoracic. So then you just work on bringing your hands closer and closer together. Um, and just getting in that position and hanging out for like two or three minutes. Um, yeah. And there's some really awesome like mobility wads uh, and mobility apps that um, that you should totally look into if you haven't seen them already. Um, they just have tons of great stretches to help open you up, especially especially in a region like this where we're you know we're sitting like this so much. Mm-hmm. Learning how to like lift your chest, roll your shoulders back, and um, and learning how to open your arms up, you know, because most people don't ever do this. Yeah, you, like that's not a common movement until you need to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You've never done it. You're... I like doing it with my uh, jujitsu belt. Like just stretch yeah. my jujitsu belt out. Like I've done that in warm ups before. Um, and like, honestly, when the more pull-ups I'm doing, like, that's like a requisite. Like one of the reasons I stopped doing that was because I wasn't doing pull-ups very much for the last 18 months or so. Yeah, I think pull-ups, push-ups, there's a thing called scapula push-ups, which are really, really good. Um, they've helped me out in this upper area a ton. They've helped with my neck, helped with a lot of nerve pain. Um, man, there's, but anyway, CrossFit kind of led me into all of that. Um, and answered a lot of strength and conditioning questions. And the fitness kickboxing, man, I just love kickboxing. And fitness kickboxing is just a, a way to, you know, people that are too intimidated by CrossFit or they just really want to punch and kick back. You know, it's very, uh, 
uh, uh, stress relieving. So to be part of that and, uh, you know, just develop the relationships we have with, you know, members in the gym, like it just means the world to us. Like all, all of our best friends are members from the gym now. So, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, ever we've had two kids while we were here at the gym and not like physically here, but you know, but like the number of people from the gym that have reached out and given us diapers or gave us a meal or, you know, just reached out and said, Hey, congratulations. If you need anything, like, man, we wouldn't give it up for anything. It's, it's awesome. We love it. But yeah, we've got the CrossFit fitness, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. I kind of look at it like we've got martial arts, CrossFit, fitness, kickboxing. Which it's like that, like an upside down pyramid you just had there, guy. Ooh, you know. I, hey, I noticed the boxes in the pyramid structure earlier. Oh, what? I'm glad. Did you see our CrossFit video? Or, uh, or, I, I didn't watch it. I just saw, like, I saw the boxes and I was like, man, those boxes look cool. I should stack our boxes, but I only have four. Well, and you're named Forza, so. Yeah, right. There you go. You know, if you named it Pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, we're in our fourth location, so I'm trying to work, like, a Forza, like, with a, a four in there, but most of the people I've talked to are like... <laughs> Let me know how that goes for you. Yeah, most yeah. of the people I've talked to are like, that's stupid, bro, okay? It's four. Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not... I would never use language that strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's cool, man. Um, well, I'd love to see you when this is all over with. For sure, dude. We'll we'll set something up. session together. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, there's been some talk of maybe doing a, another kickboxing camp at our place. Um, I don't know when, but I know we're going to have a grand opening. Maybe we can do something with that. Uh, but, man, uh, we'll definitely have to stay in touch, bro. It's been great catching up with you. Yeah, man, you too. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hope All right, man. Yeah. We'll find entertainment out of listening to me talk. I don't know why they would. but They will. They will. I'll share it up. It'll get a lot of views, man. Thanks again for coming on, bro. And um, tell Hannah and everybody, Cor and I said hello, and you guys stay safe and, and all that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You too. All right, bro.